The House Oversight Committee uncovers a secret Joe Biden email address they say was used for business connected with Ukraine. Biden continues to avoid questions from the press and Republicans prepare for next week's first, presumably Trumpless, GOP debate. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Privacy is a right, not a privilege. Defend your rights at expressvpn.com slash men. So late yesterday afternoon, the House Oversight Committee released a bombshell letter to the archivist of the United States, the National Archives and Records Administration, asking for all records and emails related to a particular email address. This is not the official email address that Joe Biden used when he was vice president of the United States. Instead, this is a secret email address that he allegedly used when he was vice president of the United States. Now, we have known about a series of names that were found in Hunter Biden's quote-unquote laptop from hell since 2021. Those names included one called Ralph L. Robert L. Peters. Robert L. Peters, it turns out, is a pseudonym the committee has now identified as then-Vice President Biden. So first of all, you start to get into real dicey territory when you have official members of the federal government who are using alternative email addresses, pseudonymous email addresses, in order to email about actual political goings-on. We saw that Hillary Clinton had a private email server. There have been other people who in the past have had private email addresses. And if those private email addresses are dealing with, you know, private business, that is one thing. But if they are dealing with outside business activities, and this is being used as sort of a Chinese firewall in order to screen those outside business activities from any sort of discovery, that's a real problem. So the House Oversight Committee writes, the Committee on Oversight and Accountability is investigating President Biden's meetings and communications with certain family members and their business associates during his tenure as vice president. The National Archives and Records Administration has published the Biden Vice Presidential Records Collection, which contains information relevant to the committee's work. Many of these records have been redacted for publication pursuant to the Presidential Records Act and FOIA. To further our investigation, it is essential the committee review these documents in their original format. The committee also seeks unrestricted special access under the PRA to case number 2023 entitled Email Messages to and from Vice President Biden and Hunter Biden related to Burisma and Ukraine, which have been published on NARA's website. These records have been redacted for public release pursuant to PRA and FOIA. Also, they want all of the pseudonymous emails. Attached to this email made available on the narrow website is a document that indicates at 9 a.m. on July 27, 2016, Vice President Biden took a call with the president of Ukraine, Petro Poroshenko. It is concerning to the committee, however, that this document was sent to Robert L. Peters, a pseudonym the committee has identified as then Vice President Biden. Additionally, the committee questions, why the then-Vice President's son, Hunter Biden, and only Hunter Biden, was copied on this email to then-Vice President Biden. So they're now saying that Joe Biden was using a false email address in order to email his son about a call that he had just had with the then-head of Ukraine. And this is uh, pretty dicey stuff for Joe Biden. And again, Joe Biden has long been a deeply corrupt human being. In Joe Biden, his corruption goes all the way back to his first Senate race. There were serious allegations that in his first Senate race, People related to the Biden campaign worked alongside members of a local union to prevent, for example, the dissemination of a newspaper that contained an insert for his Republican opponent, that the union was basically told to create a, a picket line so that the newspaper didn't go out that day, thus boosting Joe Biden to his first senatorial victory in Delaware. And then from then on, it's been an unbroken series of scandals involving Joe Biden and family members and money from family members who were absolutely uncreditworthy, receiving money from banks who absolutely should not have been lending the money because they knew that Joe Biden was the senator from Delaware to his sons receiving jobs they certainly should not have had to Hunter Biden running around in foreign precincts, picking up bags of cash under the Biden name. 
Well, Joe Biden has always hid behind this sort of plausible deniability. I was never directly involved. I was not involved in any way, shape or form. And it's been perfectly obvious to everybody that he was deeply involved in every way, shape and form. After all, how does a man who earned approximately $200,000 a year for literally his entire career in the Senate end up buying $15 million mansions? How does that happen? How does he end up with these giant houses? How's all that money flowing? How does Hunter Biden, one of the most derelict human beings ever to walk the earth, clear millions and millions and millions of dollars over the course of the last decade for being a complete ne'er-do-well? How does his brother James clear a bunch of money? How's Brother Frank clear a bunch of money? How are all these people now exorbitantly wealthy? How does that happen? Unless Joe Biden is actively interested in them doing really well by using his name. And he knows that they're using his name in order to traffic. He knows that. But this would be the first evidence that Joe Biden was directly involved, as in like writing emails. Now, we have a lot of indirect evidence that Joe Biden was directly involved. We have a lot of indirect evidence, ranging from actual testimony from people like Devin Archer that Hunter Biden was having Joe stop by business meetings or that Hunter would actually call up Joe on the phone and they would talk about the weather and then they would get off the phone in front of other people. We, we have testimony from Tony Bobolinsky that Joe would stop by various business functions. We have pictures of Joe with various business dignitaries that Hunter was cultivating. Now, we have all of those things, but this would be actual communications to Hunter Biden about the business, which would be the first that we have actively seen at this point in writing. So it'll be fascinating to see what actually arrives here and also how the White House just brushes this off. Because what the White House will say is that we have no idea what this is. What are they even talking about? We have no obligation to turn over those emails. How do you know they're even about Petro Poroshenko? How do you know what those are about? Those are private emails. And so now we are back into the Hillary Clinton hidden email address. What is it? What are they talking about, Arena? And that's some pretty dicey stuff, obviously, for Joe Biden. Now, Joe Biden's campaign is a very weak campaign. This is why he continues to run away from reporters. This is the constant pattern over and over and over again. Yesterday, for example, he was asked about his Hawaii trip. And that's a pretty easy question. Like, when are you going to Hawaii? He runs away from the question. Here he was. Can you tell us about your Hawaii trip, sir? No, not now. I'm going to be leaving. I'll be there on Monday. Why is it important that you go? Sir, on the family issue. Thank you, Mr. President. Okay, bye. Catch you later. And then, um, you know, people were asking him questions. And he uh, continued to ignore the reporters. Again, this is the pattern with Joe Biden. Joe Biden's pattern is I will not answer any questions on any topic of real interest to the American people because I don't need to, because at least I'm not a Republican. At least I'm not a Republican only works if Republicans continue to run candidates who are bad. If candidates run who actually are not bad, at least I'm not a Republican doesn't have quite the same sort of a bite. And at least I'm not a Republican for a geriatric, corrupt, senile old man is really a bad campaign. Here is Joe Biden yesterday running away from the press or at least hobbling away from the press. Man, he can barely walk. It's hard to watch him. And honest, honest to God, every time I watch a clip of Joe Biden, you, you're wondering if you're watching the last clip of Joe Biden. It is really, it's, it's a troubling thing. He is not in amazing shape. Okay. And, and by the way, the same sort of appeal is his entire administration's appeal. We will not answer questions. Alejandro Mayorkas, the head of the Department of Homeland Security, he was asked about the border crisis yesterday, and uh, he basically ran away from it because this is what he does. This is what they all do. Mr. Secretary, the southern border numbers are up to 130,000 after dipping down. Are your lawful pathways working? Bye. When are you going to answer my question? See you later. Never. The answer is never. They're never going to answer the questions. Because why would they? They're just counting on Republicans to shoot themselves directly in the chest. 
We'll get to more on this in a moment. First, you know a company is looking out for you and they actually upgrade your service and don't charge you for it. This is great news for new and current PureTalk customers. PureTalk just added data to every plan and includes a mobile hotspot with no price increase whatsoever. If you've considered PureTalk before, but you haven't made the switch, take a look again. For just 20 bucks a month, you'll get unlimited talk, text, and now 50% more 5G data plus their new mobile hotspot. This is why I love PureTalk. They are veteran-owned. They only hire the best customer service team located right here in the United States of America. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in the country. I've been using PureTalk myself for all of my business phone calls, and I consider my business phone calls very important. So I wouldn't trust them unless I actually believed in their coverage. Well, it's good enough for me. It should certainly be good enough for you. Remember, you vote with how you spend your money. Stop supporting woke wireless companies that hate your guts. When you go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month because they actually value you. That's puretalk.com slash Shapiro. PureTalk is wireless for Americans by Americans. Go check them out right now. puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Save an additional 50% off your very first month of coverage to get started. puretalk.com slash Shapiro. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, you may have noticed we're experiencing a ton of global instability as primary season continues. How are you protecting your family in the midst of all of this chaos and nonsense? The fact is there is one asset that has withstood famine, war, political and economic upheaval dating all the way back to biblical times. That, of course, would be gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well-thought-out, balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. Diversify into gold today. Just text Ben to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Smart investors diversify. And when you look at the pace of inflation over the past several years, you can see financial instability is the new way of the world. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898 and talk to my friends over at Birch Gold. Okay, so meanwhile, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden's backup, continues to be terrible. Chris Matthews was back on MSNBC last night critiquing Kamala Harris. And again, the Democrats have a real problem. They need to run the, the dead body because otherwise they're running Kamala Harris and that's not acceptable to anyone. For some reason... Kamala thinks she's a, she comes off as a prosecutor. Hmm. Like she's talking about people who disagree with her on abortion rights. Well, they're not wrong. I mean, they may be wrong in your thinking. They may, you may disagree with them, but they're not evil, you know? And, and that's not, and, and portraying it, always being on the attack doesn't make you popular. It's true. He's right. Who's Matthews? Roll in here, Harold Rumpel. Haven't pressed my suit in at least three years. Talk about, talk about Kamala Harris. Unbelievable. She's a prosecutor. I don't know what she's prosecuting. You're prosecuting weed smokers again? Ah! Okay, anyway. <laughs> He's right. Okay, Kamala Harris is a very bad candidate. So, Democrats are stuck. Which brings us to the state of the Republican Party. I have a question. What is your plan to win? What is your plan to win? You have a corrupt elderly man who is not capable of fulfilling his office. And when he is capable, it's even worse. I'd rather have him being senile watching Matlock in the basement than having him do the sort of damage he does to the country when he occasionally is awoken by a Thorazine shot or something. So Republicans have an opportunity to get rid of this guy. So you know what they should do? Maybe they should run a candidate who could win. I don't know. It sounds like a crazy idea. I know. It sounds nuts. Maybe they should focus less on personality and emotional response to particular candidates. And maybe they should focus on, you know, who could be the president of the United States and make Joe Biden not be the president of the United States. So there's a very interesting piece of data that is coming down from uh, Nate Cohn. Nate Cohn does some really good data analysis at the New York Times. Uh, even though he's at the New York Times, Nate Cohn's data analysis is good. Uh, and um, he breaks down the Republican Party into essentially 
six pieces. First is the so-called moderate establishment. Highly educated, affluent, socially moderate, or even liberal, outright, never Trump, very often. That'd be like 14%. So the moderate establishment would be people who support, say, Chris Christie, for example. Maybe like Nikki Haley at the edge, right? They're like the the kind of left wing of the Republican Party, the, the Asa Hutchinson wing. Then there's the traditional conservatives, 26%. Old-fashioned economic and social conservatives who oppose abortion and prefer corporate tax cuts to new tariffs. They don't love Mr. Trump, but they do support him, right? So those would be may, may, like never kind of maybe Trumpers. Then you've got the right wing. That's 26%. They watch Fox News and Newsmax. They're very conservative. They're disproportionately evangelical. They believe America's on the brink of catastrophe and they love Trump more than any other group. That's 26%. The blue collar populace, that's 12%. They're mostly Northern, socially moderate, economic populists who hold deeply conservative views on race and immigration. Not only do they back Mr. Trump, he himself probably counted as one a decade ago. That's 12%. The blue collar populace. So that'd be like J.D. Vance's crowd. The libertarian conservatives, these are 14%. These disproportionately Western and Midwestern conservatives value small government. They're relatively socially moderate and isolationist, and they're on the lower end of Trump support compared with other groups. And then there's the newcomers, 8%. They don't look like Republicans. They're young, diverse, and moderate, but these disaffected voters like Democrats and the woke left even less. Okay, so if you're going to break this down, what you would figure is that Trump has about 38% of the Republican vote absolutely locked up, right? So that means almost 40% of the Republican party is basically locked up. What he says that the alliance between blue collar populists and the right wing has left Mr. Trump's potential opponent opposition in disarray. Before Trump, the party's mainstream prevailed against right wing candidates by uniting traditional conservatives and the moderate factions, both establishment and blue collar. That blueprint for victory appears to be closed, at least for now. Without a natural factional base, Ron DeSantis has struggled to maintain a steady foothold in the race. In fact, Trump leads DeSantis among every group of Republican voters identified in the analysis. The rest of the party beyond Trump's base may not always back Trump's policies, but it's not necessarily anti-Trump. The closest thing to an anti-Trump group in the party, the moderate establishment has become alienated from the rest of the party. So, you know, again, that breakdown breaks very much in favor of President Trump. So what exactly does that mean for anyone who wishes to challenge President Trump? Well, it seems to me that if you are a, if you are a candidate who wishes to challenge President Trump, there's really only two bases to do so. One is that President Trump, as president, didn't do enough. Now, President Trump, as president, his record, the first three years was great, but in the last year, he sort of fell apart. And also, you know, because of that, he didn't win the last election. That's point number one. And there's a lot of truth to that. The last year of, of, of Donald Trump's presidency was not good. His, his handling of COVID was not good. His handling of the race riots of 2020 was not good. All of that can be true. And then there's the second point, and this is the really more telling one, which is Donald Trump does not have an excellent shot at beating Joe Biden. The polling that we are seeing right now that is showing him competitive with Joe Biden very often is incredibly, incredibly biased polling. There's a poll that came out yesterday, for example, that showed that he and Joe Biden were effectively tied in the race. And there's only one problem with that poll. It shows Joe Biden winning minority voters by plus 12. Joe Biden is not going to win minority voters by plus 12. He's going to win minority voters by like 30, 30 to 40 points, because that's what Democrats always win by. There's been some movement at the edges, but not to the tune of like 25 to 30 percent. This notion that Trump is going to only lose by 12 points among minority voters, broad writ, like black, Hispanic, and Asian voters is totally wild. But those polls are floating Trump right now because, again, if the electability argument is the chief argument, then the polls that show that Trump is still electable against Joe Biden are really, really helping him, obviously. And that's about Joe Biden's weakness. But people need to ask themselves at this point, what is Trump going to run his campaign on going forward? This isn't about DeSantis. This is now about Trump. You want to make the campaign about Trump, then the campaign's about Trump. Can Trump win should be the argument that Republicans are having. And you can see already 
that the argument is shifting from can Trump win inside the Republican Party to what is the campaign even designed to do? And that's a serious problem. I'll get to that in just one moment. First, when you look in the mirror, do you see those dark spots? Well, they're not going to go away on their own. You need help from Genucel's Dark Spot Corrector here just in time for the summer. The Dark Spot Corrector has not one, but three cutting edge ingredients and goes to work fast on sunspots, dark spots, liver spots, even old discoloration, both on your face and on your hands. You'll be amazed at how quickly you see results. You can now enjoy summer sun, beach, and barbecues without those embarrassing spots. With Genucel, you'll see the results or your money back, no questions asked. Three of Genucel's most popular products are included in Genucel's most popular package for August. So you get your Genucel bags and puffiness serum also included for 70% off retail. Go to GenuCell.com slash Shapiro right now. Get your dark spot corrector with the new GenuCell most popular package. Say goodbye to those pesky spots tomorrow. They're offering free shipping, free returns, the best luxury skincare you've ever used, all at 70% off. All orders will also include a mystery luxury gift while supplies last. That's GenuCell.com slash Shapiro. Again, GenuCell.com slash Shapiro. My wife has used GenuCell. She loves it. My mom has used GenuCell. She loves it. You will love it as well. And again, it's risk-free. Go to GenuCell.com. Dot com slash Shapiro. They're offering free shipping, free returns, best luxury skincare you've ever used at 70% off GenuCell.com slash Shapiro. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, I've been talking about my Helix Sleep mattress for years. I got to admit, last night was a very rough night. We had to take the dog to the hospital. Dog is okay, but didn't get a lot of sleep. The sleep I did get is thanks to my Helix Sleep mattress made just for me. If you haven't already checked out the Helix Elite Collection, you need to. Helix harnesses years of mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress, because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. I love it. My wife loves it. We're big Helix fans here at the Shapiro house. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but... I'm not sure that has ever happened. Helix is now offering 25% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for my listeners. Head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code helixpartner25. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code helixpartner25. With Helix, better sleep starts right now. Okay, so let's talk about the nature of the race. So Donald Trump is already attempting to consolidate the field. Yesterday, he did a video where he said people should just drop out of the race and hand it to him. Great polls just out leading by 40, 50, and even 60 points. Who expected that? I did. Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, all very strong, but also leading Biden very big. The sanctimonious is crashing. Perhaps the party should come together. People should drop out of the race. We unify and we beat Biden and the Democrats. They should be easy to beat because our country has never been in worse condition than it is right now. Thank you. Okay, notice at the very, very end, he drops in the Biden stuff. But really what this race is about is sort of his personal revenge on the rest of the Republican Party, by the way. Okay, Donald Trump, as always, feels slighted by a wide variety of people. And that's pretty much everybody he hired, by the way. So Donald Trump, over the last 48 hours, canceled the Kraken again. So you remember that he promised that on Monday he was going to have a press conference where he spelled out all the ways that he was cheated of the election in Georgia. Well, now he's canceled it. He put out a a truth saying, quote, rather than releasing the report on the rigged and stolen Georgia 2020 presidential election on Monday, my lawyers would prefer putting this, I believe, irrefutable and overwhelming evidence of election fraud and irregularities in formal legal filings as we fight to dismiss this disgraceful indictment by a publicity and campaign finance seeking DA who sadly presides over a record breaking murder and violent crime area Atlanta. Therefore, the news conference is no longer necessary. So what actually happened is his lawyer said to him, Donald, we don't trust that you're not going to go in front of the press and then say a bunch of stuff that's going to get you in further trouble. For, for example, 
suborning justice or obstructing or, or tampering with witnesses or whatever. And so we need you to cancel it. And so Trump actually listened to his lawyers for once in his life, which is a good thing, by the way. And he canceled the press conference. Okay, but is this campaign really going to be about Joe Biden or is it going to be about all this sort of stuff? So Bill Barr yesterday, his former attorney general, remember Joe, th this was Donald Trump's attorney general. Okay, he picked him. So Bill Barr was on Fox News and Bill Barr suggested that Donald Trump could theoretically be in jail by the time the primaries even close in May of next year. And, um, and Donald Trump, then put out a truth saying, just found this clip of Bill Barr prior to him succumbing to impeachment and other threats of the radical left lunatics. His bravado changed rapidly because he didn't want to be impeached. Republicans have to be much tougher and smarter or you won't have a party or a country left. Barr didn't have the courage or stamina to fight, but he knew what was happening. I canned him and felt really good about it. Now he goes all over the place, especially Fox pretending he's a tough guy. What is this campaign going to be, folks? What is this campaign going to be? Well, I have an idea of what this campaign is going to be. And that idea comes courtesy of Matt Schlapp. So Matt Schlapp, is the uh, chair of CPAC. And he put out a tweet yesterday. Jesse Kelly, another radio host, he tweeted out, somebody explained it to me like I'm 10 years old. How does anyone dropping out help Trump stay out of prison? Please be specific. If everyone drops out, what do we do when the communists in Michigan and Pennsylvania keep him off the general election ballot? And Schlapp says, quote, the sooner we unify behind a nominee, the sooner we can use resources to fund the defenses of everyone indicted for being a Trump Republican. This has become about a bigger principle than just one man. Now, you may think that the election of 2024 is about, you know, getting rid of Joe Biden. But according to Matt, and I assume according to much of Team Trump, what it's really about is you funding Donald Trump's legal bills. Now, listen, I have a lot of sympathy for the fact that Trump is being victimized by the legal establishment. I've made that incredibly clear over the course of the sev last several months. I think the case in Manhattan is BS, like overt BS. I think that the January 6th case being brought by Jack Smith in D.C. is a mischarge. I think the case being brought by Fannie Willis, this RICO case, is an overcharge and is a misuse of RICO likely because she doesn't actually have a criminal enterprise. And I think that the classified documents case might be a good legal case, but also is obviated by the fact that they didn't prosecute Hillary Clinton for pretty much the exact same thing. With all of that said, why should 2024 be about litigation as opposed to, you know, elections? I don't understand. My interest as an American citizen is primarily in Joe Biden not being president of the United States, running the DOJ via Merrick Garland. That is predominantly my interest. I certainly have an interest in Donald Trump fighting his legal battles. That, that's fine. Is that my primary interest as an American citizen who pays taxes? Is that like the thing I care about the most? If I have to prioritize, is it Donald Trump's legal cases or is it beating Joe Biden? If it's Donald Trump's legal cases, that's fine. The dude's got a legal fund. He's not asked anybody to donate to his legal fund. Instead, he's sort of laundering the money from his campaign into his legal funds. So you give money to his campaign and then he uses it for his legal costs. Is that why you're donating? Is it because you care that much about his legal fund? Fine, he should open a legal fund and you can give to it. Or do you care about beating Joe Biden? Donald Trump could theoretically win all of his legal cases and still not beat Joe Biden. I don't understand the prioritization and I don't understand what the campaign's plan is here. We'll get to more on this momentarily. First, everyone knows I love that Helix mattress, but did you know they just launched their newest, most high-end collection, Helix Elite? Helix has harnessed years of extensive mattress expertise to bring their customers a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. I've had my Helix mattress for seven, eight years at this point. It is fantastic. It is the thing that allows me to stay alive given my lack of sleep. Nervous about buying a mattress online? You don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. It's great. 
Again, it is the thing that, that basically allows me to have any level of energy whatsoever, given the fact that my energy is being taken up by four young children plus dog. Go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. Find the perfect mattress for your body and sleep type. Your mattress will come right to your doorship for free. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You can try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. For a limited time, Helix is offering up to 20% off all mattress orders, plus two free pillows for our listeners. It's their best offer yet. Hurry on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben with Helix. Better sleep starts right this moment. All right, so... When I look at the polling data, what I see is that the American people, not the Republican base, the American people are not particularly interested in Donald Trump's legal troubles as the point of referendum. The the notion that what this campaign should actually be is about funding Donald Trump's legal troubles. By the way, it's not clear that he's funding anybody else's legal troubles. He's had a bunch of lawyers who are very loyal to him. And the minute that they said that they are not in favor of him being the nominee, apparently he's cut them off. That includes Jenna Ellis. Jenna Ellis is out there basically asking for donations to her legal fund. And I urge people to give to Jenna Ellis's legal fund, by the way. But Jenna Ellis is now unpersoned because she's not sufficiently sycophantic to Trump personally. Is this a way to run a campaign? Again, I'm just asking you. You can be a Trump supporter. You can love the guy. You can think he's a great president in every aspect. That's all fine. That's all dandy. You can say that if he's the nominee, you'll vote for him. If he's the nominee, I'll vote for him. But that is not the question. The question is, if he is the nominee, what is this campaign likely to be about? Are you there to fund Donald Trump's legal troubles or are you there to beat Joe Biden? These are not synonymous. Donald Trump is trying to combine the two into one. But I'm just wondering what the evidence is that this is going to work. I don't understand. I don't understand why people think that Donald Trump's legal troubles are somehow a boon to him in a general election. I'm asking for one piece of evidence. I'm also asking for a piece of strategy. Donald Trump is going to be stacked up the wazoo with legal cases. He's got one coming in January. He's got one coming maybe in February. He's got one coming in March. And then he's got another one coming in May. That is four legal cases in the first five months of the year. What do you think he's going to be talking about? You think he's going to be talking about Joe Biden's inflation? That is absolutely uninteresting to Donald Trump. On a personal level, he is deeply uninterested in Joe Biden, politically speaking. He doesn't care about him. He has a personal animus for Joe Biden, an animus that I think should be widely shared because Joe Biden is a deeply corrupt human being. But... Is that the case that you're going to make in order to in order to win? I, I, I don't understand it. I, I truly do not. Okay, so this might be a topic at a debate, but, Joe, but Donald Trump isn't going to show up for a debate. So Donald Trump yesterday, he put out a statement, a couple of them, one blasting Fox News, suggesting that Fox News was being unkind to him because um, he was apparently you know, not going to show up for the debate. Anyway, he says, why doesn't Fox and Friends show all of the polls where I'm beating Biden by a lot? Well, because the polls where you're beating Joe Biden by a lot are by a lot don't exist. That's why. I'm sorry to break it to everybody. Those polls do not exist. I'm going to read you the last several polls in the Real Clear Politics polling average. Okay, this is all the polls since July 23rd. You ready? Tie 43-43. Biden plus one, Biden plus one, Biden plus one, Biden plus one, Biden plus three. The polls where Donald Trump is leading by a lot do not exist unless you're looking at cat turd polls on Twitter. I'm sorry, they don't. That doesn't mean that Trump couldn't be theoretically competitive with Joe Biden. Although I have serious doubts given the fact that Donald Trump does not surpass in any poll, literally any poll, he does not surpass 46%. He's not going to win the election with less than 46%. And even at 46%, you got to scrape on by. That's going to be real close. Show me the math that Donald Trump wins 50% of the vote. Show me that he wins 48% of the vote. I'd love to see it. It would make his campaign much more durable to me. Because what I care about is beating Joe Biden. By the way, Donald Trump, one other question. You know, 
Thank God. I make a very nice living. If, God forbid, I have legal troubles, I will pay for those legal troubles using the nice living that I have made. Donald Trump is eons wealthier than I am. He has, he has a multiple of wealth that I do. Donald Trump is supposedly one of the richer people on planet Earth. According to Donald Trump, he is worth up to $10 billion. Why is he using his campaign funds to fund his legal problems? This is a serious question. Why? I mean, shouldn't he be using them to beat Joe Biden? Forget about the idea that his, his own supporters are, are really hoping he'll use the funding, not for his legal funding, but for everything else. Isn't there a tacit admission there that either he's not worth as much money as he says he is, or that he would rather use your money to fund his legal bills than his own money to fund his legal bills? Like, why is his, mo- why is his money not being used for his own legal problems and for the legal problems of his allies, by the way? And speaking of his campaign, I mean, there's an incredible story from Politico today. Okay, and this is a story talking about Laura Loomer. So Laura Loomer is uh, apparently very upset at me because I mentioned that she's a kind of a crazy person and that Donald Trump is allied with her. She's kind of a crazy person. Donald Trump is allied with her. That's just what, that is what it is. In any case, according to Politico, Ron Filipkowski, who is a far left Twitter addict, he has teamed up now with Laura Loomer and people affiliated with Donald Trump's campaign to attack Ron DeSantis. So just to get this straight, the way that it works in Republican Party politics is if you say one bad word about Donald Trump and you are another Republican candidate, Republicans are angry at you. If Donald Trump's campaign teams up with Ron Filipkowski to attack Ron DeSantis, that's good, apparently. Apparently, according to Politico, Filipkowski said, I'm probably the top anti-DeSantis person on Twitter. On Twitter. So if rivals have something anti-DeSantis, they want to get into the mainstream, they'll send it to me. The Trump campaign declined to comment on whether they are coordinating with a far leftist, Ron Filipkowski, to attack DeSantis, which, by the way, does not seem like, you know, really good conservative strategy. It doesn't. It seems to me that if you don't want a circular firing squad, that should apply to everyone in the, in the firing squad. Laura Loomer said that they speak occasionally, quote, he knows I'm a Trump loyalist and I know he doesn't like Trump. And despite our differences, we have found common ground on making sure Ron DeSantis is never elected president of the United States ever. So never DeSantis is a thing, apparently. So that, that is strong stuff right there. Strong stuff. Ron Filipkowski teaming up with um, Laura Loomer to attack Ron DeSantis. Does this sound like a way to beat Joe Biden? Just a question. By the way, DeSantis has now been targeted by more negative expenditures than both Biden and Trump combined. A quarter of all independent expenditures in the 2024 election cycle, according to the Washington Examiner, $20 million have targeted DeSantis. Trump was hit with just $8 million of negative independent expenditures directed toward him. Biden was attacked with $9 million of independent expenditures. So pretty much everybody is attacking DeSantis at this point, and nobody is attacking Trump. Weird. Weird. You know who else nobody is attacking is, of course, Vivek Ramaswamy. Listen, I'm friends with Vivek. I think Vivek's a really smart guy. Also, Vivek spends every waking moment not attacking the frontrunner of his own party, not mentioning anything about his political differences with the frontrunner of his own party. Vivek is a clever guy. I will also note that the polling data with regard to Vivek is a little bit bifurcated. The online polls show him at 8, 9, 10%. And then the actual phone polls, the ones that are a little bit more reliable than online polls, have him like two. That's a pretty wide gap. And the press are, of course, jumping on the idea that Vivek is surging and DeSantis is falling. Here's the reality of the race. The race is absolutely stagnant. It's been stagnant for three to four months. Again, if I look at those real clear politics polling averages, and I'm looking at them right this very instant, what you see is that DeSantis has declined about somewhere between three and four percent over the course of the last, I don't know, eight months. If you look at the polling in October 
of 2022, it showed Trump at 53 and DeSantis at 19. Today, in the Real Clear polling average, it shows Trump at 55 and DeSantis at 15. That is not exactly a polling collapse. Vivek has been surging to 11%. And DeSantis, even in that Fox News poll, that's the only, by the way, the Fox News poll is the only recent poll that shows an actual Vivek surge that's not an online only poll. That poll, there's a morning console poll that shows him at nine. Both of those polls also show DeSantis at 16%, which means that he's basically where he's been for the last several months. This race has not changed very much. There's a little bit of movement at the bottom of the race, not a lot of movement in the rest of the race. What does that mean? It means going into the debate, I would assume that all the attacks are going to be on DeSantis. Right? That, that's, that's basically the way this is going to go. Well, Jeff Rowe, who uh, runs one of the DeSantis super PACs, he, uh, he then, so one of the things that the super PACs sometimes do to avoid legal complications with coordinating with campaigns because they're not allowed to do so. Sometimes in like dark corners of the internet, they'll post things hoping that the campaign sees it and then implements. So apparently a memo has now gone out from Jeff Rowe Debate advice for DeSantis for next week. Trump has already said he's not debating. In fact, he's going to counter-program the debate. According to CNN, Trump is uh, is going to do some sort of event with Tucker Carlson, it sounds like. He is uh, floating that he's skipping it. But, the, and the, I got to say, the RNC is absolutely gutless. I mean, they are super gutless because what is the RNC doing here? The RNC is coordinating with Trump's surrogates to represent him in the spin room. So apparently that means that they will allow Kerry Lake, Byron Donalds, and Matt Goetz, as well as other Republicans in Congress who are Trump supporters openly, to attend the debate next week and then, re- and then basically critique the debate in the spin room. That's wild. That's wild. I'm sorry. If your man doesn't show up, you should not be in the spin room. That's like DeSantis saying, I'm not going to show up, but I am going to send Christina Shaw over to the debate room to like critique all the other candidates. That's, that's an absurdity. It really is. Again, one of these other candidates could rise, but I'm wondering how. And I'm wondering at what point the Republicans are going to say, you know, it might be worthwhile to examine some other options at this point, just in case, just in case. Anyway, the uh, Jeffro memo about what DeSantis needs to do is, quote, take a sledgehammer to Vivek Ramaswamy, the political newcomer rising in the polls. He should defend Donald Trump and when, when Chris Christie inevitably attacks the former president and needs to attack Joe Biden and the media no less than three to five times. Again, when campaigns are having trouble, very often it feels like they're just stumbling on landmine after landmine. When a campaign is having trouble, and the census campaign is experiencing trouble to launch, for sure, when you see this, what you see is stuff like this, leaks in the press about debate strategy. Now, is that a terrible strategy? I'm not sure that this is a, a terrible strategy, but the fact that it is now being revealed publicly and, and being treated as like top line news is part of the ongoing media narrative, which is that DeSantis is getting hammered by Trump. Here's the reality. The media have a common interest in ensuring that Trump gets the nomination because they believe, rightly or wrongly, that Donald Trump getting the nomination will lose to Biden. That's what they want more than anything else. And if Republicans believe that that's not the case and they nominate Trump, maybe they'll be right and maybe they'll be wrong. But if they're right, I would like to see the data that they are right and I would like to see the plan that Trump plans to implement to avoid what happened last time. I still... One question and one question only, guys. If Donald Trump is the nominee and he thinks that the last election was stolen from him after he won it, by big numbers, according to him, right? He won huge. What is his plan to stop that from happening again? Does it exist? What would it be? It seems to me that right now, the Republican Party is in its own referendum. Do we care more about Donald Trump personally or do we care more about beating Joe Biden? Now, maybe you think the two are not in conflict and that's a nice, easy answer. 
But if the two are in conflict, which one do you prioritize as a voter? This is a serious question for everyone because the data show that the two right now are in conflict. We can pretend the data away. We can assume the data don't exist. That's fine. But just as a hypothetical, humor me. If the two are in conflict, beating Joe Biden or personal love for Donald Trump, which one matters more to you? And I understand that anyone even asking the question is now considered an enemy of Donald Trump. This is not me being an enemy of Donald Trump. Donald Trump should be acquitted on these charges. I think that these charges are being brought for political reasons. I agree with all of those things. And I will vote for him if he's the nominee. But if, as the data show, victory in 2024 and nominating Donald Trump are in conflict, which one is more important to you? And if it is the latter, I would ask why. There are many ways to defend Donald Trump, including giving to his legal defense fund that apparently does not really exist. You should set one up, like right now. But what what is the plan? What is the plan? Again, because, you know, there are things to talk about, like, for example, the incipient collapse of the economic status of the United States. We'll get to that momentarily. So we have an executive producer, a new executive producer on this show, Justin. Justin is great. He was hired to come into the office and, you know, really make sure that things were working and be here day to day. And um, he's never here, like ever. He, he, he moved to, uh, to South Florida to be part of the office, and then he lives in Nashville with the, rest of the, with the rest of the crew. And occasionally I hear him in my ear saying things. And um, that's about the association that I have with Justin at this point. So let's say we were going to replace Justin with somebody who actually was in the office from time to time. Well, then you would head on over to Zip Recruiter. This is how we threaten our employees here at, at Daily Wire. Zip Recruiter is a hiring partner focused on you and your needs. ZipRecruiter knows how tough it is, but they figured out solutions for the problems you're facing. See for yourself right now. You can try them for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. To reach more of the right people, ZipRecruiter posts your job to 100 plus job sites. Their pricing is straightforward. You stick to your budget, no surprises. Team up with ZipRecruiter, a hiring partner who understands what you need. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within day one. Just go to this exclusive web address. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Also, Give your son and his values a fighting chance with Jeremy's back-to-college deals. Get up to 20% off. Select razor and men's care bundles. Oh, you thought I didn't have the product? Wrong you were. I do. All over my desk, I have this product. Get Jeremy's shampoo and the body wash and the conditioner. Look, they're right here. So many products. All paraben-free. Don't know what it is still. Sulfate woke-free. Made in the United States. Get him precision five razor with welded steel blades. Sturdy tungsten handle. Flip back trimmer. It's a really good product. Like right here is the shampoo. I use the shampoo. Every single day. It is excellent. Also, we have the conditioner. The conditioner, really good. I've been informed that real men use separate shampoo and conditioner by my crew. I was told this. So I use Jeremy's conditioner, not only because it's really good, but also because I partially own the company. Also, we have over here the charcoal body wash, which sounds as though you're washing with, you know, a rock, but you're not. It's actually really, really good. And it smells delightful. So head on over to jeremysrazors.com. Take advantage of the last day of this sale. Well, meanwhile, if it feels as though the economy is on the verge of falling apart, that's only because the economy is on the verge of uh, falling apart. According to CNN, China's Evergrande Group, which was once the country's second largest property developer, filed for full-on bankruptcy in New York on Thursday. The beleaguered firm borrowed heavily and defaulted on its debt in 2021, sparking a massive property crisis in China's economy, which continues to feel the effects. Evergrande filed for Chapter 15 bankruptcy protection that allows the U.S. bankruptcy court to step in when an insolvency case involves another country. Chapter 15 bankruptcy is intended to help promote cooperation between U.S. courts, debtors, and other countries' courts involved in cross-border bankruptcy proceedings. So what does that mean? Well, um, China's real estate sector was 30% of the country's GDP. 
But Evergrande's 2021 default sent shockwaves through China's property markets, damaging homeowners and the broader financial system in the country. Basically, China had built a bunch of fake growth on the back of borrowing money and then building empty apartment buildings. Evergrande is a massive company with more than 1,300 real estate projects in more than 280 cities. They've struggled to pay off their loans. The property company's debt load reached $340 billion by the end of last year. Billion. That is roughly 2% of China's entire GDP. So China's economy is on the brink. That means the United States economy is in trouble as well. Meanwhile, mortgage rates have now hit over 7% in the United States. That's the highest rate in more than 20 years. According to the Wall Street Journal, the increase extends a lengthy stretch of high borrowing costs that has slowed the housing market to a crawl. This marked the first time since last fall, the rate on 30-year fixed rate mortgages rose above 7%. A year ago, rates were around 5%. The housing market is part of the economy hit most directly by the Federal Reserve's high rate policies. Well, what does that mean exactly? That means that the prices on real estate are about to drop rather precipitously because it turns out there is no one to buy the real estate. So a bunch of people are just not going to sell their houses, which is fine if you can afford to stay in your house because you got a 2% mortgage or 3% mortgage, good for you. There are going to be some people who are not able to afford their bills and they bought the houses kind of on spec, thinking they'd be able to flip them. And now when they cannot flip them, those houses will be defaulted. Stocks fell on Thursday, extending August declines with investors worried anew about continuing Fed rate hikes. Fed officials still see inflation risks and the potential need for higher interest rates, according to meeting minutes released this year. When the Fed started lifting interest rates at a rapid clip last year, the rising cost of borrowing to buy a home was expected to be temporary. A year and a half on, rates are climbing back toward their highs, despite briefly dipping toward 6% in late 2022 and early 2023. Now, buyers, sellers, and investors are adjusting to the idea higher rates are here to stay, or at least here to stay longer than they were expecting. So a lot of would-be sellers feel stuck in place. Some buyers are giving up. They're instead renting, which is driving up rents. And all of this is artificially created by bad government policy and bad Federal Reserve policy, and it's going to have some pretty significant downstream effects. Meanwhile, a lot of you know, very important things to people's lives, like, for example, child care, those expenses are just ripping through families. The national average price of daycare and preschool services rose 6% in July from one year before. This has nearly doubled the overall inflation rate of 3.2%. Everybody's got to keep working those long hours in order to earn those inflated dollars in order to pay off those inflated bills. Parents could see their childcare bills climb higher this fall as providers boost tuition to cover rising costs and federal pandemic aid seizes. And a lot of people don't have options. So they have to take the hit. Rising wages and other expenses are driving up childcare tuition. So people are feeling it right in the pocketbook. People are selling off assets in order to make the bills. According to the Wall Street Journal, Americans built bookcases and shrines to the baseball cards, vinyl records, and sneakers they collected, sometimes through painstaking efforts. Now they're selling them off. Collectors are saying they don't have a choice. Well, yeah, I mean, a bunch of people are losing business, and now they're going to have to sell what they got. All of this is going, again, what goes up must come down. And now the Federal Reserve is stuck, because if they continue to raise those interest rates and attempt to quash inflation, the economy could flip over. This boat is taking on water. The economy could easily flip over. And... If they don't raise those rates, inflation could continue to chip away at Americans' lifestyles. So what exactly are they going to do? They're trapped. They're already talking about lowering the interest rates again, which would presumably jack up the, the inflation rates again. According to the Wall Street Journal, most Federal Reserve officials backed an increase in interest rates last month, but some saw rising risks they might raise rates too high, underscoring growing caution about further increases. Officials still saw significant risks. Inflation might not fall as much as they expect, which could require them to raise rates again this year, according to the minutes. Those risks include stronger economic growth and the reversal of recent supply chain improvements or declines in commodity prices, which have been largely responsible for the slowdown in inflation. And all of this is going to 
first hit in China and first hit in Europe, and then it'll hit the United States last. But it's already hitting in Europe. According to the Wall Street Journal, a sluggish economy, higher interest rates, and the expiration of pandemic-era life support for ailing companies is forcing more businesses in Europe to declare bankruptcy. A new report also showed new business creation in Europe is slowing as the Biden administration's support for green tech continues to draw new investment abroad. The number of EU business filings for bankruptcy in the three months to end June rose 8.4% from the previous quarter. That's the highest level since 2015. Registrations of new business fell 0.6%. And all the happy talk about Bidenomics is masking the fact that the economy is slowing globally. That is Bidenomics at work. Is it a slowing economy, inflated costs, and everybody knows it. And guess what? Republicans should be running against that if they're not distracted with all the other issues that Democrats wish to distract them with, including Donald Trump's legal travails. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is offering all sorts of failures for Republicans to pick up on, including failures in Hawaii. And Joe Biden is going to be going to Maui, but the amount of aid that he's offered to families, like $700 a family, which doesn't even pay for the amount of money that each family in Lahaina has paid for the Ukraine war. Seriously, like the amount of money in taxes, if you prorate it across the economy, what you see is that people in Lahaina paid more than $700 for the war in Ukraine and are getting less than $800 back from the federal government when the house burns down. Karine Jean-Pierre, however, has been using the magic words whole of government approach, which is a way of saying we have no idea what we're doing, but we'll say a thing. The entire nation is grieving with you and is going to be with you as you rebuild and recover. We are not going to go anywhere until that occurs, that happens. The president is going to continue uh, to marshal a whole of government of, uh, uh, effort, approach, as he has done from day one, with having dozens of, um, of federal agencies and, and, um, and, and agencies and departments on the ground helping local partners and state partners get the, uh, get the assistance, the federal assistance that these survivors need. And this is incredibly important. This is something that the president takes very seriously. Well, he'll be flying directly over East Palestine, Ohio, when he uh, when he heads on over to Maui, as per his usual arrangement. Again, Joe Biden is a target-rich environment. New AP poll out today. Only 36% of American adults approve of Joe Biden's handling of the economy. Only 42% approve of his overall performance. People, by the way, really, really overall do not want to see a Biden-Trump rematch next year. Here is the AP poll. Okay, would you like to see each of the following individuals run for president in 2024 or not? Joe Biden, 70 5% no. Donald Trump, 69% no. So obviously this is what we're going to do. All right, meanwhile, we have been hearing about this Hawaii wildfire. It's a disaster, obviously a major, major disaster. But one of the things we've been hearing from the media is that it's all about global warming. It's not about global warming. It's about, as always, human failure. According to Cliff Mass, who is a professor at the University of Washington Atmospheric Sciences, Hawaii fires are not connected to climate change. He told my friend Jason Rance over on KTTH, he said, uh, no, he, they have nothing to do with climate change, like zero. He says they were due to a combination of dry and invasive grass and powerful wind that accelerated the spread of the fire, not climate change. He says there's an area of extensive grass. The grass was more bountiful than normal because there was not a lot, because there was a lot of precipitation over the winter. They had a lot of grass. A lot of that grass is not natural grass. It's invasive stuff brought over in the last century. They had an extraordinarily strong windstorm. So it really had nothing to do with uh, anything except for that. The windstorm likely destroyed a power line, creating a spark that ignited the grass. The only thing that could have been done is to warn the locals. And this is where the failure kicked in. Apparently, according to the Wall Street Journal, during the 2019 wildfire season, one of the worst Maui had ever seen, Hawaiian Electric concluded it needed to do far more to prevent its power lines from emitting sparks. 
The utility examined California's plans to reduce fires ignited by power lines, started flying drones over its territory, and vowed to take steps to protect its equipment and its customers from the threat of fire. Nearly four years later, the company has completed little such work. Between 2019 and 2022, it invested less than $245,000 on wildfire-specific projects on the island, regulatory filings show. It did not seek state approval to raise rates to pay for broad wildfire safety improvements until 2022 and has yet to receive it. The blaze has caused at least 110 deaths, destroyed Lahaina, and resulted in estimated billions of dollars in damage. Hawaiian Electric said it would investigate any role its infrastructure may have played and coordinate with a separate probe into the fire launched last week by Hawaii Attorney General. There is also reports that the, the, that a silent alarm went off, which is completely useless. So once again, human failure generally to blame for massive natural disasters in the same way that faulty building in New Orleans led to the full-scale disaster that was a result of Hurricane Katrina. All right, time for some things I like and then some things that I hate. So things that I like today. I am amused that California is still talking about $1.2 million for reparations payouts in the state of California. So as you will know, California was never a slave state. Doesn't matter. California is still talking about reparations. And now they're saying that they um, they have the math. So combined recommendation reparations could total more than $1.2 million per person. They're saying health harms come out to $13,600 annually, which is a $967,000 maximum over 71 years. Housing discrimination, $3,400 for each year, which is $149,000 maximum. And mass incarceration and over-policing, which amounts to someone committed a crime and went to jail, $2,400 per year, over 44 years. So they're trying to put a price tag on differences in life expectancy from 1850 to present and then pay people for this. And what they're coming up with is $1.2 million per person. Now, does California have the money for that? Of course, California does not have the money for that. Also, how exactly are they going to distribute that money? What happens to people who have mixed race parentage? Well, who pays whom? Right? They don't care about any of this. This is all for show. They're never going to do any of this. But it is amusing to watch California push forward with this sort of stuff, presumably by increasing the tax burden on people who are wealthy, which is driving people from the state. So congratulations to California once again on pursuing crappy policy. Okay, time for some things that I hate. So according to Breitbart.com, a study of OpenAI's ChatGPT conducted by researchers at the University of East Anglia in the UK shows that the market-leading AI chatbot has a clear bias toward leftist political parties. Now, we knew this for a fact. I mean, you can see our YouTube video that we did where I have discussions with ChatGPT and where it will write glowing poems about Joe Biden and then it will refuse to write anything laudatory about Donald Trump. There are obviously parameters that have been placed on these chatbots, on these AIs, that make them more left-leaning, without a doubt. The study, published in the journal Public Choice, shows ChatGPT under its default settings favors Democrats in the United States, the Labor Party in the UK, and President Lula da Silva of the Workers' Party in Brazil. Researchers asked ChatGPT to impersonate supporters of various political parties and positions, and then asked the modified chatbots a series of 60 ideological questions. The responses to these questions were then compared to ChatGPT's default answers. This allowed the researchers to test whether ChatGPT's default responses favor particular political stances, to to overcome difficulties caused by inherent randomness of the large language models. Each question was asked 100 times. Different responses were collected. What they found is that, of course, there was serious political bias to AI. That, of course, is not a shocker at all. As we've said, you you can go to ChatGPT right now and you can try it out. My producers, because, you know, this is what they do in their off time, they actually ran through ChatGPT, a a query for a musical about me. That was actually the query. It's just a musical about Ben Shapiro. What exactly was the ChatGPT response? 
It was an entire musical about how I realized that I've been wrong about my politics forever. That's according to the AI. The title is The Righteous Mind, a Ben Shapiro musical. The show opens with Ben Shapiro and his conservative political commentator persona addressing a crowd of supporters. He sings about the importance of individualism, the dangers of collectivism, and the need for personal responsibility. As the scene transitions, we see Ben in his personal life, struggling to balance his professional success with his family life. He sings a heartfelt ballad about the difficulties of balancing his public persona with his private self. Okay, so um, first of all, off the rails immediately. Immediately. Let me just tell you, there is no difficulty balancing my family life with my professional life. I mean, like we were just uh, in Georgia for a small family vacation. And as my producers will tell you, and everyone else at the airport, I'm literally carrying around my kids all the time. <laughs> literally physically carrying around my kids all the time. So yeah, good job, AI. Act two, the second act opens with a dramatic showdown between Ben and a liberal counterpart debating the role of government in society. The two characters engage in a fiery duet, each defending their respective positions. As the show nears its conclusion, Ben begins to question his own beliefs and principles. Thank you, AI. He sings a soul-searching solo about the importance of empathy and understanding and how these qualities can be reconciled with his conservative values. First of all, it is the left that has no empathy and no understanding. It is the left that truly believes that instead of actually, you know, taking care of people on a personal level, you should just give them money and other people's money at that. It's the least empathetic position. Hey, look, a poor person. Should I help that poor person? No, I should let the government help the poor person by taxing Bob. Not true empathy. Hey, look, grandma's suffering. Should I take her in my home and take care of her and help pay her bills? No, I will make the government tax that guy over there and they will take grandma and stuff her in an old age home and we'll pay social security for it. So much empathy on the left. They so empathetic. The finale brings the entire cast together for a rousing ensemble number celebrating the power of diversity and the importance of respectful discourse in a divided society. Overall, says the AI, The Righteous Mind is a thought-provoking and entertaining exploration of politics, family, and personal identity featuring the dynamic talent of Ben Shapiro. So first of all, no one wants to see me in a musical. If you want to see me sing, you have to pay to be an all-access member and watch me um, sing for my supper. It is, it is painful for all involved. Um, but as always, again, the people, I know the people who are writing the AI programs, folks, and they're almost universally to the left. So it's not a shock that the AI reflects human foibles. All right, guys, the rest of the show continues right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be jumping into the mailbag. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click that link in the description and join us. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 